and I'm just hanging out in Starbucks, which the Starbucks near here is the bougiest Starbucks. Yes, it is. In this city. But the baristas are the literal nicest people. So while I'm, I'm in line, there's a lady in front of me and she really wanted this mermaid mug because it, it is like her favorite mug and it's her birthday and it wasn't ringing up correctly. So the barista just gave her 30% off because it's her Aww. birthday. And she was like, just so happy. And the barista was so nice. And then this little old man walks in and he's carrying just like a ceramic mug. And it's like, I don't know, it's about this big, which you can't see on this show. It's like, <laughs> it's a very large mug. And he just walks in and they're like, how you doing today, Mr. Jamerson? Let me get that full Aww. for you. And they like knew exactly what he wanted and they knew his name. And I was like, you know, Starbucks gets a really, really bad rep for being this like corporate chain. But like, they're not horrible people. They're, they're caring about their people. They care about their, their people. coffee needs. And that is my rant for the morning is that Starbucks baristas are underappreciated and everyone thinks that Starbucks is evil, but they're not. They're not. It's a, it's a good reminder. And that has nothing to do with this episode. Absolutely nothing. But so, I just felt like that was a good opening. <laughs> Today's episode is really special. We were teasing it a little bit um, oh, a yeah, couple episodes ago. And the day is finally here. We are talking with Reverend Carl Hutcherson, who's, I think, personally one of the coolest per- people yes. on this earth. Um, and we're talking with him in what I would also consider one of the most historical and unique places that no one probably knows exists. that no one knows exists in Lynchburg no. um, it is called Common Grounds Cafe I'd like to give a shout out to Daniel Harrison of Church of the Covenant for lending us the space for this interview we're going to talk about more about why this cafe is so significant and why mm-hmm. Carl Reverend Reverend Carl Hutcherson is the coolest person ever mm-hmm. um, but we'll go ahead and get right into it I'm Leah. And I'm Beth Ann. And this is Shio Rakio. All right. So we are here with a very special episode that <laughs> I and Leah have been talking about for a couple months now. So we're very excited to have Reverend Carl Hutcherson. Reverend Carl mm-hmm. Hutchinson, welcome to the She Will Rock You podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I, I appreciate it. It's an honor for me to be here. <laughs> well, we're so glad to have you. And yeah. just tell me a little bit about yourself, if that's all right. Okay. I was born in Lynchburg. Uh, mm-hmm. I grew up here. The only times that I haven't lived here is when I was in college. Okay. I went to Hampton University, Hampton Institute at that time. For my undergrad work, I went to Duke for my graduate oh, work. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Oh, that's so cool. Yes, and then I received my doctorate at Virginia University of Lynchburg. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. What did you get your doctorate in? In ministry. Ministry, okay. Uh-huh. Doctor of ministry. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Very cool. Um, well, I want to go ahead and get started here because we're on a very unique property. I think it's actually one of the most historical properties in Lynchburg. It is. Uh, just for its significance. So I, I know a little bit about the property, but I would love to hear it from your perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, just tell me about the Bev. Is it Cosby or Crosby? I never Cosby. Cosby. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just tell me a little bit about the Bev Cosby property, this cafe, the camp. Just walk me through what you know about this property. I don't know a lot about the camp itself, mm-hmm. but I knew about this property because in 1988, I invited Jesse Jackson to come to Lynchburg, oh. and we actually held a a group meeting here 
Now, I'd known about it before because it was the first property which actually opened up to African-Americans on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had known that from a historical standpoint. But that was, I guess that was significant to me uh, because because it was something that Jesse wanted to do as part of his Rainbow Coalition efforts. And he actually spent the, the night with, um, with Bev okay. and his wife uh, and, and then participated in some other activities here in Lynchburg. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And what do you know about Bev Cosby? Did, were you a friend of his? Oh, or? yeah. Bev was a oh, fine, fine, fine person. And uh, he did an awful lot to, to provide housing, Mm-hmm. You know the the uh, on Madison Street, uh, there was there was a lot that he did to just open doors. He and PG both, and mm-hmm. I shouldn't leave PG out when when I say that. But Bev probably was more visible in the community, in the African American community. Yeah, and it's my understanding because my understanding he went to the war, uh, mm-hmm. World War Two, right. and then came back with a real heart for civil rights. He did. He really wanted to build a space for integration during that time pre-civil war and it's pre-civil war pre-civil rights (laughs) (laughs) and um let's tune up here back to Mm. the cafe from my understanding and daniel harrison who's a pastor here told me this but this is when martin luther king jr came tc glass he came here to this he came here also now i was in college at that time Mm -hmm. but I, i understand that he did come here and yeah. of course, we have Dan and I have sort of sort of followed that trail mm-hmm. because Dan and I went on the trip uh, to um, uh, Danville, mm-hmm. Atlanta, Tuskegee, Montgomery, Birmingham. I have to think of all the places. <laughs> places Selma and uh, and Memphis uh, last year, year before last now. And uh, so Dan and I have forged a relationship through that trip that That's we all really took cool. together. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Did you ever meet Martin Luther King Jr. when he came? No, in? I did not. Oh. I met his. I met his son. Okay. I, we've had we've had Martin III here several times. Oh, that's I awesome. Met his daughters. One of his daughters went to Duke, so I oh, met okay. her when I was at Duke, and I met uh, met his brother. Very cool. Met his brother as well. That's really cool. Yeah, it, like I said, it's a really cool property, and mm-hmm. a little bit about the camp. From what Daniel told me, it was the first integrated pool in Lynchburg whenever it was. they closed correct. the one by Riverside. That's correct. Because of... They closed Riverside, Miller Park, and there was a there was a pool designated for African Americans in Jefferson Park. Yeah. That was closed as well. Everything was closed. And they'd rather just close them instead of integration. That's right. And so Bev opened up a pool That's correct. specifically for integration. Mm-hmm. And the community that we're in the Boonesboro area, you know, it's predominantly a richer area. Yeah, it was yeah. predominantly white during that time, so that was really monumental of oh, it was. what he did. It was, yeah. And for, fortunately, he put it off the road. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it is tucked back a little bit. It made it a little safer. Yeah, that's fantastic. Cool. Well, I just, yeah, I love the history of this property. Yeah, it's, it's just so, and it's a beautiful pop- property. Oh, it is, and it's maintained its its integrity and its heritage. Yeah. I think Dan does a great job here now. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So let's go ahead, because we are a rock history podcast. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead. I want to talk about um, a little bit about the African, African-American artists that came through Lynchburg mm-hmm. during the 50s and 60s. Um, start, start with the late 40s. Start with the late, we can start with the late yeah. 40s. That's fine and with I'll, me. I'll tell you why. Go ahead. Okay. The, the first real integrated audience... And, and the reason I know is because my father was 
asked to be on the board of what was then, it wasn't the Red Cross, it was something else they called it, um, prior to the United Way, mm-hmm. what is now the United Way. But I was a little boy, and he invited a musician, Graham Jackson, okay. to Lynchburg. Graham performed at the Armory, City Armory. He played the uh, accordion, the organ, and piano simultaneously. Wow. And that was unique, you know, because he, he, well, he knew what to do and how to do it. And he was from Atlanta. He played at a place called the Pity Pratt Club. Mm-hmm. And uh, Graham's uniqueness, uh, I guess his notoriety, uh, came about when President Roosevelt died mm-hmm. because Graham uh, was the person who stood by the railroad when they were transporting the president's remains to, 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 to Georgia. Mm-hmm. And and he serenaded the Mrs. Roosevelt and the train oh. as it as it traveled down. Um, That's so nice. Traveled down through the states. Hmm? Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. And he attracted a huge crowd. Now, of course, blacks and whites had sit on opposite sides of the of the uh, of the uh, of the center. Yeah, of yeah, the, the armory. The yeah, the armory. Yeah. yeah. But um, but it was interesting, and that's my first. That's that's the first re- re- recollection that I have of a of a artist coming to Lynchburg. Yeah, absolutely. Was there any other like prominent African American artists that came through Lynchburg? I know we talked a little bit about it before. Absolutely. Yeah, walk uh, me through the ones that came through. Fats here. Domino came through. Oh, that's um, cool. Um, with, he was he was real popular with his Blueberry Hill <laughs> song. Yeah. But Fats got sick. When he came here, and that's my story, uh, how I met him. My father was a funeral director, and I've been one too. But he was a funeral director, and I just happened—I was still a young, probably a, I was probably twelve or thirteen, mm-hmm. I guess, when Fats came through. So Fats went to the doctor's office, but he still wasn't feeling well. So he literally came over and took a nap at the funeral home <laughs> before he performed that night, you know. And, of course, he was kind enough to give my dad and me free tickets so we could come oh, here, that's and, awesome. you know. That's a good trade, that a nap that was for cool. some tickets. Yeah, that, that, was, that was really unique, yeah. And uh, he said he had a good nap, nobody bothered him. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, where did he play when he was here? Played down uh, uh, on... Between Maine and Commerce, okay. Charlie Gilmore, William Gilmore, uh, we all called him Charlie, but William Gilmore was a, a promoter, and he would bring a lot of the artists here. So after, after Fats came, of course, a lot of them came. Uh, uh, James Brown came. Oh, that's great. Uh, James Brown was here, and he, he, he performed at the Armory okay. when he was here. Uh, Jackie Wilson Came. He performed in that garage down uh, between Maine and Commerce. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Otis Redding uh, came. Now, Otis has been here more than once. He came during the earlier days, but he came oh, about six or seven years ago, I guess. Might have been oh, okay. a few more than that. Uh, he performed at the Ellington uh, the last time he was here. Okay. Uh, and so um, uh, there, were other, there were other entertainers, both male and female. Mm-hmm. Who have who have performed here, um, but um, I mean I mean it's 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 Lynchburg has been a well traveled place for for entertainers to come. The yeah. biggest fake entertainment, um, um, I don't even, it, they didn't even perform, but it was supposed to be the Temptations. 
Oh, they were really? Supposed, yeah, they were supposed to be here and perform at EC Glass. And um, it was a fake group. And they didn't perform because oh, we found out about them. And there were several attorneys, the jesters and others, who found out about them. And um, I hope nobody lost their money, even oh, though a lot man. of people have spent money to go to hear them. Oh, you that's know. crazy. But they weren't. They weren't. Um, that was that was the only negative, uh, <laughs> negative group that I remember coming through here. Yeah, it's really unique because Lynchburg. You know, you had the railroads there. So, from my mm -hmm. understanding, this deals with the history of the academy, mm -hmm. um, which, for those who are listening, is a old. It's a turn of the century theater house it's still operating it's considered the oldest operating theater house now in virginia mm -hmm. but people from new york city on their way to new orleans would often pick up a show here because right. it's right on the way that's right so we had a lot of cool acts that came through here a lot of a lot of acts uh, of course bb king has been here a couple of times yeah you a lot of people Ellington, really love that and i've i've always enjoyed bb uh, and there were other there were other entertainers mm -hmm. who came people who who weren't necessarily singers, musically oriented, but they they also came through. A lot of civil rights figures actually came through. A lot of writers came through because yeah. of the Ann Spencer House. Right. And they would visit there. Um, and uh, I, 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 I lived in an era, I have lived in an era where I got a chance to hear all of those people, hear, hear a lot of the entertainers who came through. Yeah. Tell me about your favorite memory with one of the entertainers that came through. My favorite minister memory actually is with a former professor of mine mm -hmm. at Duke, C. Eric Lincoln. Okay. Um, we invited Dr. Lincoln up. He had written a new book of poetry. Mm -hmm. And um, so he wanted to actually come and visit the Ann Spencer House and, yeah. and uh, you know, just have a good time. And, and um, when he got here, we had what is now uh, one of the dorms, the Liberty dorms, over off the expressway. Okay, the Comfort yeah. Inn was Comfort Inn. Yeah. So we got him a room at the Comfort Inn, and uh, Dr. Lincoln was so proud. He said, "He said I never would have believed <laughs> that I would have had my name on a marquee in the home of Jerry Falwell." <laughs> 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 but they had put his name up, and everything. He was, and I didn't know that. Well, I had driven him up here. From from Durham, yeah, and took him back to school, of course, and uh, we just had a we just had a good time, and a lot of those kind of relationships. When Jesse was here, the mm -hmm. same kind of thing took place. Um, we got a chance to take Jesse around. He met with Dr. Paulwell. Oh, he, really? Oh, yeah. He wow. uh, he met with him at at his office, and then that was the first time that Jerry Falwell had actually been down to Court Street Baptist Church. He okay. came down with us to a rally at Court Street, where Jesse wow. was the speaker. And um, it, it was really it was really fascinating. Yeah, that's really is mm -hmm. fascinating. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. And um, let's let's go back to the venues because I want to okay. highlight because I know we've talked a little bit about the armory, mm -hmm. um, which is near Main Street. And then we talked about a parking lot. And what were were there any other venues that African-American artists were welcome into in the city like what, what were the venues often? Those were the two primary places, okay. actually. You know, and, and a lot of African-Americans during that era mm -hmm. had nowhere to stay. So when you see the Green Book, right? you know, Lynchburg is included in the Green Book. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, a lot of them came. They would stay in some of the local 
uh, not hotels, but local tourist homes. And um, um, that in itself was fascinating. When Martin King came here, he stayed at Dr. George Jackson's house. Okay. Um, because Dr. Jackson at that time was involved heavily in civil rights. His, his daughter, Cecilia, was one of the second group of, of African-American students who went to E.C. Glass High School. Okay. So that's, they made that connection. Yeah. And even though I was in school at that time, I remember, remember the visit and all of the things, that, not all of the things, but a lot of the things that actually took place. Yeah, absolutely. And for the parking garage, because mm-hmm. we actually... We park in that parking garage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So where, how did they hold a concert in there? So like, were they on like, cause it's three stories. Like, yeah. Were they, it was like on the middle, on the, on uh, the middle one? street side. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they would go right up in there. And where were and the set artists up a stage, set up? And they set the stage up at the other end at the 11th street side. Okay. Uh-huh. And they would just have a concert. They, they would have a concert. Oh, that's and so cool. And people would fill it up. Yeah. Was it packed? Just brim to brim where there people just oh yes people from everywhere came wow and they would i mean and that was an integrated audience because that's outdoors yeah you know um they've had some uh, other groups uh probably lesser known groups mm-hmm. who have performed during friday cheers or down at the riverfront yes now a lot of that takes place uh and um um it, it, it doesn't matter who the group is mm-hmm. you know uh it, Usually they are very popular amongst uh, different segments of people. Yeah. Uh, when I served, I served as mayor here for six years. And while I was a mayor, I presented, I can't think of his name. You have to forgive me. <laughs> but uh, he was he, he attended Brookville High School, country music star. Phil Vassar. Uh, Phil, Phil. And <laughs> I was one of the few African-Americans down at the riverfront. But I presented wow. him with the with an award of excellence. He was so oh, we had a great time. It was just a lot of fun. That's so and cool. And Bert Dotson and I, Bert was my vice mayor at the time, and we actually went down and had a good time with Phil and uh, his group, you know. And of course, about eight thousand people were down there, so yeah. that was a larger venue than I'd ever been in. Let's move on to talking a little bit more about the music that came through, okay, uh, with the African American artists that mm-hmm. came through particularly, and did. Any of those performances or just the artists in general have an impact on the city and maybe ultimately on the civil rights in the area? Oh, I certainly think they impacted civil rights Mm -hmm. to a degree Um, because there were a lot of people who who received, I guess, inspiration and encouragement through the entertainers because a lot of the entertainers would say, you know, whatever you do, do your very best. And we've had people from Lynchburg, African-Americans from Lynchburg, who gained tremendous notoriety down mm-hmm. through the years. Vivian Penn mm-hmm. has a building uh, at the university, the medical school building is named in her honor. It was named wow. just a few, two or three years ago, recently, but she grew up here and during that era. And we'd all hang out together. She was a little, old, she's a little bit older than I am. <laughs> we all hung out together and, and uh, sort of traveled in the same circles. But the entertainers would come through and give anybody inspiration. You can do if you want to do. Wow. Harry and Frank Royal, who became medical doctors, and uh, Frank Royal has a has a chair in his honor at Meharry Medical School uh, for all of the philanthropic work that he's done down through the years. Uh, Jim Giles, who is a judge, who's a judge up in uh, um, Pennsylvania, 
All of these people, uh, Dr. Ralph Bowler was a physician here, and he, was, he and his wife were very highly involved in, in some of the civil rights activities of the city. Huh. And uh, his daughter uh, actually moved here. She married a Jewish fellow, mm-hmm. moved from here to Pennsylvania and became the Secretary of, of Health and Human Services in uh, Pennsylvania, for the state of Pennsylvania. Just people who have done all kinds yeah. of things because they were inspired. And in many cases, they were inspired by the music that was played. Now, one of the great local uh, pe- persons who inspired us was Robert Goins. I don't know whether you've ever interviewed him. He is a, he is a, a, a case study. Yeah, tell me about him. I'm not Robert Goins started a radio station okay. in his home. Illegally, <laughs> <laughs> he was a pirate radio guy. Uh, yeah, That's, he was a, a, pi- he was a pirate radio guy. Okay, and of course you could only pick the station up in the in the hood, as they say, <laughs> as they say. Uh, but I can see it a radius of about maybe two miles. Okay, you know you could get you could pick up his radio station. And finally, uh, FCC came in and found him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and shut him down for a little while. What kind he of music stopped. was he playing? All, all rock and roll and, and blues and, you know, and he's been a disc jockey ever since. Okay. He's on a, he's on a station yeah. down in Alta Vista okay. right now. And uh, uh, so you, you still hear him. And he's been through a number of the stations here. He's also been, been a, 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 um, I guess, a, just a disc jockey mm-hmm. uh, at different places. Uh, he's got all kinds of equipment, and more recently, he he started a a page, a website. Okay. Uh, a mad lad, they call him Mad Lad, Mad Lad's Workshop. You know, uh, his, and he he does a great job with that, and puts out a lot of information about African Americans all over who are doing good things now, who are oh, performing awesome. well. Who, uh, who who have become, you know, significant in their society. Yeah, absolutely. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. Yeah, you oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he's here. Yeah, yeah, I'll get you in touch with him. Oh please do. We yeah, would love to talk will. with him. Absolutely. Pirate radio. Pi- oh yeah, pirate station. <laughs> yeah, we were talking on an episode for the Who? Was it the Who? Um and they used to get played a lot on pirate radio stations in the oh, UK. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So we were talking, we were getting a little bit into this, and, and I want to talk about how music impacted the civil rights. Because um, I think what we've been doing is we've covered a lot from the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. and we did one episode on Stevie Wonder, which really opened mm-hmm. up talking about Motown, and it just seems like Motown had such an impact oh, yes. on the civil rights. But, you know, being born in 1992, 1993 yeah. for this one, <laughs> I can only read... But I definitely want to hear from your perspective. Mm-hmm. How did that music? How is it fueling this amazing accomplishment? It was, it was always significant, especially in the African American community, as it related. I, I'm almost embarrassed that I had forgotten Ray Charles. Oh no! Because Ray Charles came and performed at Glass. Okay. AC Glass High wow. School. That's so and, cool. And it, Ray Charles is one of my all-time favorite performance yeah and while ray had his had his own issues and uh, own problems mm-hmm. down through the years he was just a gifted gifted musician singer uh, and performer yeah and was able to be able to really reach out uh, in a very broad way 
anytime you have someone like the state of Georgia mm-hmm. to recognize him for his achievements in battling injustice, yeah. uh, the racism that he experienced, but also to overcome the personal demons that were a part of his life. Um, I think it's really significant. And Ray came here and just set the, set the house on fire. And um, um, not only did he come, but you know, gospel music for my generation mm-hmm. has been significant. And James Cleveland performed here. And if anybody knows anything about James Cleveland, he was the premier gospel singer of the 20th century anyway. Okay. And um, uh, just had a lot of, lot of powerful, powerful songs yeah. that um, continue to be played and sung, and he led the way. Then there were some local people here too mm-hmm. um, um, who really, really performed well. And uh, as a result of their performance, went on to do other, other things. People like Carl Anderson. Okay. Carl Anderson is a Lynchburg native. You familiar with his name? Yeah. Yeah. Carl, of course, played in Jesus Christ Superstar. He played Judas in Jesus Christ oh, Superstar, okay. and he was the musician who didn't get a speaking part in The Color Purple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he was in it. Okay. <laughs> he was in it. Maybe that's why I know his name. Yeah, and Carl has a Carl has a beautiful voice. He is one of twelve children. Now, um, he has one, I think one one brother living. Yeah, I think one brother living and several sisters still living. But Carl, um, Stevie Wonder mm-hmm. actually sang, they were very close. Oh, really? And he actually sang at Carl's funeral when Carl passed oh, wow. away in oh, California. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love, I love Stevie oh, yeah, Wonder Stevie, so much. Stevie's That's why I grew up. He, but he never performed here. That's a shame. That I know of. That's a shame. Because he, he is one of my favorite artists. Mm-hmm. Like, I grew up listening to Stevie Wonder. Right. Yeah. And I did, too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I did, too. When I was in college, of course, Stevie had just, he was young. He was young Stevie then. Yeah. You know. And uh, it just had some, he's, he's done some great things over the years. And, and has been, again, very inspirational. Right. Because he always has a message. Right. For people. And that's kind of, you know, thinking of Stevie Wonder mm-hmm. and artists in that area it just seems that their lyrics particularly were addressing the issues yeah and would you say those lyrics were just having an impact was there also some actions behind it when yeah, they were because on stage? in civil rights of course the, the message was how can we bring people together mm-hmm. how can we get people to appreciate each other uh, based on that character as dr king would say yeah uh, how everybody didn't come along the same way and that's why Dr. King said, if you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But mm-hmm. always be ready to move forward uh, as a nation. And even in these days and times where there's a lot of division, girls, yeah. there's an awful lot of division, we're still crawling forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And would you say one of the best ways to unite people is music? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I've got a, I have a brother-in-law mm-hmm. who's been very ill. Um, he was in a coma. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Some say that, that the coma was induced at the hospital, but I think he was. I think he actually went into coma before he left home. I was talking to his neighbor the other day, but his niece came up, and she had some very soothing music on her cell phone, mm-hmm. and she played it, and it calmed him down to the point that he literally opened his eyes. Wow! And came out of that coma. So music does that, you know, it's music therapy. They yeah. do it in a lot of hospitals, have music therapy. But um, uh, that was the first time I had actually witnessed it. 
and it worked. So music, music can can do those kinds of things. I li- I listen to a broad range of music. I've, I've got friends who love classical music. Mm-hmm. I've got friends who love uh, rap. You know, <laughs> I've got children and grandchildren. You know, and so I might hear all kinds of music. Yeah. You know, and I've learned to I have learned to appreciate those those different genres of yeah. music down through the years. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just it's really inspiring because music is it's bigger than just a song and some chords yes it is there's something that you can find unifying in it where Mm -hmm. words it's almost like where words fail the tone the notes will take over that's right that's right last night i just happened to turn on the news and um the lakers were getting ready to play Mm -hmm. and of course before before they played uh um they had a an entertainer i guess and and he sang amazing grace yeah. You know, and it actually took me back uh, to Charleston when when the president, when President Obama was there mm-hmm. and sang Amazing Grace uh, 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 at that funeral. You know, yeah. that in itself was striking, you know, <laughs> yeah. known as a singer. <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> but it was still moving. It was still touching. Yeah. No, that that was mm-hmm. one of the most moving mm-hmm. moments, I think. It absolutely. was. It was. Absolutely. So which artists would you say during the civil rights really led the charge to unify everyone and move forward? Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte? Yeah. Okay, tell me about him. He was he is one of those of course he's still living, but he is one of those artists who not only talked the talk but walked the walk. He participated in a lot of the civil rights marches in the deep south. Mm-hmm. Wherever wherever the movement went, he was there. And he uh, he used his musical talents to promote his civil rights activities intentionally. That's now, awesome. A lot of singers did it just doing it, but uh-huh. he really did it intentionally. And I think, uh, 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 and there are others, he's not the only one. Uh, Lou Rawls did mm-hmm. a lot and uh, did a lot in the area of civil rights. But Lou was of a different kind of, musical background and tradition than, than Harry Belafonte. And, and Belafonte, because he was an actor and a, an entertainer, uh, was able to transcend a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, you know, the arenas that others wouldn't, wouldn't try to transcend. And he was articulate enough to be able to do it. And uh, he did it through his music, and he did it through his acting and through his participation in a, a lot of the marches as well. Wow. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Was there any other artist you can think of? Like, was, um, who was I thinking of? Um, which, Mo- any Motown artists during that time, you think, really helped with civil rights as well? All the, uh, you know, most of the artists, including the Gordys. Okay. Contributed funds. They may not have, they may not have gone into the, into the vineyard, into the, on the battlefields. Yeah. But they made sure that enough funds uh, and and unfortunately, a lot of people would say, "Well, uh, the movement led by Dr. King and others was f- funded by communists." No, mm. not by communists, but but they were funded by people who may not be participating in the marches, but because they had made money, yeah. because they were making money um, through their musical talents, yeah. were able to contribute and did. That's awesome. And helped to fund a lot of a lot of the activities that took place. Oh, that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't 
maybe because of tourist schedules, couldn't necessarily be there all That's the time. Right. But they could give their finances right. towards it. And then if you go back to somebody like Ray Charles, mm-hmm. when Ray Charles finally made the statement that he uh, would never participate in a segregated uh, 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 concert yeah. down in Georgia and uh, got sued and went through that all of that whole thing. But that opened doors for a lot of others to come, actually come behind him wow. and do some of the things that have been done there, you know. He opened the way. Like, he did. He really did. James Brown did the same thing. Because all of these, all of yeah. these guys and gals primarily were Southern influence. Mm-hmm. Aretha, of course, grew up in Detroit. Aretha's father, a pastor, and so Aretha had a different kind of background. But her music impacted people all over the world. Right. When Aretha Franklin made respect, can you imagine what that did for African-American women? That's true. Mm. I think due to time, we don't really think about that. That's right. We just hear it in our grocery store and we're like sure. oh yeah it's a classic song but you're sure. i didn't think about it till this moment but it impacted so many people simply you know because a lot of women feel like they have never gotten any respect yeah you know but uh she she and others uh, others the supremes mm-hmm. um diana ross all of them now i had the opportunity i had the opportunity to uh, went on a trip with my mother to california and Diane Carroll, who just recently passed, mm-hmm. was there. She was getting ready to get married. She married an Australian fellow. But she needed an escort. And I was the escort. <laughs> I, was so, I was so full of myself. I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. You know, because here I am with Diane Carroll, uh, uh, who became a, a significant artist yeah. in our country. <laughs> and uh, uh, we went to different places. And it was so interesting because the day we arrived in Los Angeles was the day the Watts riots started. Oh, wow. And we had a friend who pastored a church there, and uh, we actually went over to the church. His church played music to try to calm things down. Wow. Um, and nobody bothered his church. It was right near Watts, on the outskirts of where Watts is. And... Um, um, we, are, we, we got a chance to, you know, just look over and see people <laughs> tearing up grocery stores, wow. doing all of the setting things on fire and all of that kind of stuff. But like that's things. interesting, even like using music just to soothe it, mm-hmm. the tension. Yeah, because wow. there was a lot of anger at that time. Yeah. An awful lot of anger. Yeah. And I think that really ties into my last question, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've talked a little bit about like, I think we're in such an interesting time right now in history. Oh, we are. <laughs> I feel like it has. I feel like every generation says that too. Right. But you know, and I think about it, in my life, I've witnessed actually three impeachment proceedings. That's Nixon, true. Nixon, Nixon that Clinton, is true. and Trump. And you know, and that's I that's, only have one. <laughs> yeah, you got one, and I, you know, and uh, I never thought, I never knew I'd live long. You know, nobody knows, but I yeah. never thought I'd live long enough to witness those those kinds of things. But it does create a tension in our country. Yeah, yeah. And how do you hope during this time that our generation remembers those artists? who helped contribute to the civil rights and also just civil rights in general. Like what can we glean from that to help us today? Well, I, th- I think all of us, when we learn, when we learn, first of all, um, to respect one another, yeah, to appreciate 
our diversity, but also our oneness, our uniqueness. I tell people all the time, my favorite hero is not necessarily a singer. My favorite hero, for me personally, and it's selfish, is Daniel Hale Williams. Daniel Hale Williams performed the first successful open heart surgery. I've had six heart attacks. Oh, wow. And I'm lucky to be here. Yeah. But when I think of what he did, and you have to excuse, I get oh, you're emotional. Okay. When I think of what he did for humankind, not just for me, when I think about my doctors, Dr. David, Dr. William and David France, I had two bypasses, and mm-hmm. the French brothers, one in Roanoke and one in Lynchburg, performed open-heart surgery. But I always think back to Daniel Hale Williams. But the music of Dr. Williams' time was, was music of Fats Waller and all of those old blues singers mm-hmm. who, whose names are kind of would escape me because I would have been probably wasn't even born at the time that they started. Early, early 2000s. Uh, I mean, early, early 1900s. Yeah. Early 1900s. So I wasn't even around myself. But the impact that it has had, and when we think about those things that impact our lives, we have to think about those pioneers, those people whose shoulders we try to stand on yeah. as we go forward. And uh, even what you girls are doing is impactful because you're using a medium that wasn't even around a few years ago, but it's a medium that's going to reach a lot of people's ears and hopefully eyes and hearts and minds. Thank you. That's that's so encouraging. Well, yeah, that's that's so powerful. That's so powerful. And I, you know, one of the things I think that's unique about what Leah and I are trying to do here mm-hmm. is it's part we want to talk about history and rock right. and roll, but we want to learn from the past as well. Because mm-hmm. that's the only way I think we can move forward. That's right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. And we have a rich history. Yeah. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's all the serious questions I have. All right. Because we often, and I'm going to have Leah, that's right with you, mm-hmm. ask these questions. So we always... When we do interviews, I like to ask like a little lightning round fun questions. Right. <laughs> okay. So we just got a couple for you. I'm going to pass this over to Leah. All right. <laughs> uh, so normally we don't film these at, or record these at 11 a.m. We record them a little later. So we no, have a tradition. In of, the day? In the day. Okay. But we have a tradition of talking about what we're drinking while we record these. So what are you drinking today? <laughs> I am drinking some coffee that you girls were kind enough to bring me. And it is good, too. Good. <laughs> And uh, it looks like Starbucks. <laughs> it, it was Starbucks. I, I've got myself one as well. Right. Mine's a vanilla latte because it's Saturday, mm-hmm. so I need a party drink. Right. Um, <laughs> who is your all-time favorite artist? My all-time favorite is, is probably Ray Charles. Yeah. I, I, and I think back, uh, I probably have more albums because people don't even buy albums anymore. Sometimes. But I probably have more records of him than anybody. Uh, and I have a broad range of, of um, people like, if I want soothing music, mm-hmm. I'll listen to Brooke Benton. Okay. Brooke Benton was a, was a powerful entertainer. You know, he had a real soft, melodic 
melodic voice. Uh, he and Isaac Hayes, those guys. <laughs> those guys. If I want some new mood music, <laughs> you know, I listen to an Isaac Hayes. If I if I want something just challenging, I listen to Aretha, mm-hmm. because Aretha not, not only had as a, as a Christian pastor, not only did she have 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 the uh, rock music, the the rock and roll music, but she had gospel music as well. Mm-hmm. And so she, she's been impactful from that standpoint. Wide variety of artists. Yeah. In your collection. Oh, oh yes, yes. Gladys Knight. Oh, I can, <laughs> as they say in preacher circles, I can call the roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then our last question is is our standard guest question of okay. if you could be a serial. What would what cereal personifies you? Ooh, that's a good qu- <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I would <laughs> I would say if anything uh, anything I would want to challenge myself in life about, I'd be a special K. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think today I'm Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I love Frosted Flakes. I'm at Flakes. all times Captain Crunch. All times. Oh, yeah, I love Captain love. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it lasts in, in milk longer That's than right. any other cereal. Oh, it sure does. It's got some longevity to it. That's right. Frosted Flakes are healthy cereal just pretending to be healthy, but they're actually coated in sugar. That's true. So that's how I feel today. <laughs> that's true. And my doctor stopped me from eating them because of the sugar. <laughs> all right. Well, that is all the questions yeah. we have. And thank you thank again you girls a million times. Me. Yeah, this has been so great. You know, you know, a lot of times people don't think about it, but you have given me a chance to reflect and to think about since you called. You yeah. know, just think about it. And I didn't write it down. I could have because there would have been other people that I would have, I'm sure, mentioned. That's okay. But I wanted to kind of, I wanted to reflect oh. and to recollect. And uh, and you gave me that opportunity oh. today. Well, thank you. You know, we're so honored to have you. you oh, know. I know. I know you have, you've brought so much to Lynchburg area. And well, like I said, I just found out you're mayor, so add that to the list. Yeah, well, we've tried. <laughs> yeah, we've tried. we've tried. So, but we're just so honored you could be here with us. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can stream it right on our Anchor page. You can follow us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at She Will Rock You Podcast. You can follow me at J. And follow Beth Ann at Beth Ann Tarpley. Find us on Twitter at She Will Rock the Letter U Pod. You can hit us up with an email. Let us know your thoughts. Do you have a guest that you think we should interview? Let us know. Send an email to She Will Rock You Podcast at gmail.com. We'll do a special shout out this week to Daniel Harrison and the Common Grounds Cafe. If you're in Lynchburg, go check them out. They do open mic nights every now and then. They're a really cool place. You should just come out back here and explore. It's off Boonesboro Road. Check it out. Learn your history of your community. Shout out to Backline and Speaker Tree. Hopefully we will have another interview coming up there very shortly. Stay tuned for more information. We should probably hit you up, Blake, to schedule that. Um... If you're listening, and I haven't messaged you yet, message us. please message us. Shout out to Warren Page Photography for our cover art and Josh Tarpley for our intro riff. And as always, don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Just drink some coffee. Yes. Please. <laughs> <laughs>